Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Yeah, we're talking soccer in uh, North Carolina this week. I'm still in Delaware. You're, you're still in Delaware. This is one of the few times where you're actually out of state. I'll be out of state the next five weekends. So is this the first? Is this the first time where, outside of both of us being out of state together? Where you've been out of state and I've been in Delaware? No, you uh, kicked me off one of the podcasts when I was in D.C. I was going to be on the scooter reporting live, but you kicked me off. Um, Well, no, I didn't kick you off. We just didn't record it. You didn't record it. I ended up just doing my own thing. Hey, look. I had these One episode where I don't think you've been. I had these headphones in my bag for that reason. And well, I mean, I just, I just think, I just think you need to be able to enjoy vacation whenever you can. Yeah. Except for today. <laughs> it's a World Cup. We don't have vacations from now on. Yeah. Well, actually, well, no, I'll be in Delaware next week when we record the podcast. And then you're leaving. Then I'm leaving. Yeah. Um. All right. So the World Cup has started officially. We are actually, and I'm actually watching. Um, the about the kickoff, the second half of the Qatar Senegal game. <laughs> Senegal's up one nothing. Um, hopefully no spoilers, considering that you know the, the game will the, this this episode will be you know released later after this game. Hopefully, uh, Qatar doesn't buy any goals at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am happy to say that I have watched not to the entire not not their entirety, but I have watched at least part of every single game of the World Cup so far. I can say that for three-fourths of the game. Um, I guess everybody can probably guess what game I'm not watching. <laughs> the 5 a.m. games? 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 4 a.m. games. No shot. <laughs> no shot. No, I've woken up. I've, I woke up, obviously, for the Argentina game, um, and then I woke up not to watch to their entirety, but I've woken up for the other ones. So I saw part of them. I saw the, I saw the best part of the Iran-Wales game this morning. I did not see any parts of any of those games. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say a lot of the 5 a.m. games have been somewhat snoozers. Um, so damn, there's been one that's been not a snoozer. The one this <laughs> Hey, hey. Not the one this morning. <laughs> no, I know. I know what you're talking about. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the World Cup in general so far. So, so far, uh, 16. Well, we're currently playing game number eighteen. Um, so the, everybody's played. Everyone's played. So everyone, everyone in the group game group stage has got at least one game in their under their belts. Uh, and then a few teams have already again two teams have already finished their second game, and then one is currently getting or happening right now. Um, surprises so far. Let's let's start with that. I guess. Um. um. I mean, we can we can talk about the fact that yes, one hundred percent, the Argentina Saudi Arabia game would, did not go as planned. Um, but I brought up something to my dad uh, after after the game that I think it's important to note, and the the Argentina national team coach has been talking about this for a long time. Um, so Argentina has been on this winning streak, one game away from from tying the all time record of thirty seven unbeaten games. In international play, which the record is currently being held by Italy. Um, so Argentina was one game away from tying that game or from tying that record. Um, Argentina was currently the current holder of actively an active streak of games, um, unbeaten, um, which now dates back to two years ago, um, at this point. Um, so the, the, the Argentina national team coach, and he brought it up today in his press conference, he's been preparing mentally for the fact that at some point it had to happen, right? At some point, the reality is, is that you weren't going to go another 30 games unbeaten and get to a streak of, and get to like 60 games without ever losing. And Senegal just scored a second goal, by the way. Um, so Senegal's up to nothing. Senegal's not, care bad. Business. Senegal's not bad. Senegal's not, not- bad. They're not bad. I mean, I know they don't, they're missing Sadio Mane, but they're not bad. Um, so anyway, so um, so at some point they had to lose, right? 
So I told my dad, listen, if you're going to have to lose at some point, you might as well lose the first game, right? Joan events. <laughs> from, well, no, from, from this point on, you now have to win every game, right? If you, if you gave me the choice of what game do you want to lose in the World Cup, I'll lose the first game, win all the rest, right? So there, there's, a level, there's a level of somewhat less pressure. Obviously, yes, it would be extremely disappointing and probably one of the worst catastrophes in Argentinian football history if Argentina gets knocked out of the World Cup tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it would be. It, it would be an absolute tragedy. But at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's soccer, right? Like you pick yourself up and then tomorrow starts another day. Um, and I sure Messi, and this is your last World Cup. No, but for sure. But at some point, it's going to be his last World Cup. It's going to be his last game. It's going to be his last something, right? Because what are we going to like? So I, I, look at, I look at it from this perspective, right? Do I think Messi's been by far the best player I've ever seen play? Yes, I think so. Do I think at some point he's going to have to retire? Of course. So does that mean that my my passion or my my desire of winning more of my desire for Argentina to win World Cups stops because Messi retires? No. Like the 2026 World Cup, I'm going into it with the same expectations as I am with this one. You don't have a Messi. Yeah, but neither does the rest of the world. They got Mbappe. That's fine, but but they got a Joao Felix, they got a Pedri, they got a Gavi. And and Argentina has the rest of the players on their team. Who? <laughs> Look, people are gonna say who? But but that's the thing. But that's the thing. Ar- Argentina is a team that I think is filled with a lot of stars. You got to look at it. The majority of the players, actually all the players start in their teams and they're all playing for good teams. Lautaro Martinez starting forward for Inter Milan. He's good. Um, Paredes and DePaul. Paredes just got sold to Juve after playing for how many years at PSG and playing at PSG. He's been had some injuries. Di Maria. Obviously, he'll probably, this will probably be his last World Cup as well. But Di Maria, one of the best wingers in the last 15 years, right? In that list, at least in the of, of, of wingers that you have to name off the top of your head. Um, then you got defenders. Otamendi, starting center back for Benfica. Lissandra Martinez um, took Maguire's spot at Manchester United. Sent him to the bench. Should have been on the bench. But, but sent him to the bench, being like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, right? Tag that Fico starting left back at Lyon. Um, Molina starting right back at Atletico Madrid. And then um, uh, the goalkeeper, Emiliano Martinez, starting goalkeeper for Aston Villa. Like, you're not talking about players that are that are playing in the fourth division of, of anything, right? It's almost a lot of players. We're, we're talking, but that's my point, right? And you're talking about a generation of players that still has another World Cup in them. A lot of them have two or three, right? Julian Alvarez just started his career at City. He's 20 years old, 21 years old, right? Like, so there, you know, I think I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying that I'm mentally preparing for the worst, but what I'm saying is that like, at some point, you know, this had to happen. And if it and, and it sucks that it did, and it was disappointing, and believe me, I was pretty upset right after the game. But if it is going to happen, I rather happen in the first game, and then see how the team turns around and plays Mexico now. Well, at least you can say Mexico does not look strong. I mean, the game against Poland was interesting. I think, you know, obviously Robert Lewandowski missing the the PK doesn't help. Um, it does help from an Argentina perspective because he's going into that Saudi Arabia game with so much more pressure now. Well, he about to go in that. He about to go in that Saudi Arabia game and get buckets. <laughs> maybe, maybe he about not. To go, he, he about to go in there and get a hat trick. But if if you look at how Saudi Arabia played in the first half, super high line and super wide, inviting Argentina to play the long ball and go. Right. 
knowing that Argentina, like that's not a strength of Argentina's, which is what happened, right? You had 10 offsides, um, three goals get called back. And then after that, Argentina didn't do it anymore. In the second half, Saudi Arabia, and I watched the, there was a, there was a clip of the, of Bernard, the coach for Saudi Arabia, um, at halftime. And he comes into the locker room going like, do you, if you want, to take a picture of Messi, get your phone on, take a picture of him. If not, start defending and high pressing him, like actually defend him. Because in the first half they didn't, mm-hmm. and it was weird because they were they would hold this line. And it was really really high, and Argentina couldn't really break it. So I mean, now could you do that against France? No, absolutely not. You get smashed. Yeah, but against Argentina, who's a team that's not necessarily going to play super fast counterattacks or super hat like suit like they're not going to play long balls and, and just go chase after it they're going to build up a little differently that's going to be difficult against poland poland's kind of the same thing though Lewandowski's is not making an 80 yard 60 yard run no. defenders right that's not his strength um so it'll be it'll be interesting i mean again this is the only world cup we'll see Lewandowski. In. it's true it's probably his last one so, Gareth Bale, same thing. One and only. Yeah, because he's going to join that, uh, was it the LIV golf tour after this? <laughs> um, He Maybe might play the there. golf world cup. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, the LIV, the LIV tour. Yeah. Um, that's where he'll be. Oh, my goodness. Qatar almost just tried to score, but one of their own players blocked it. <laughs> Money in the bank. Um, Got that 10K. <laughs> so, again, ultimately, you know, I think it'll be it'll be a really interesting dynamic. Um, so, I mean, let's go. Let's quickly kind of go through the the group stage so far. So, Netherlands, Ecuador, uh, leading their groups both with one win. Senegal probably will win this game, which will make everybody so far with with three points. Um, so this Ecuador Senegal becomes or a Ecuador Netherlands game becomes super important. Basically, you win, you lock yourself in with that game. Yeah. Because yeah, there's no way there's no, no way yeah. Qatar Qatar gets eliminated after this for the most part. No, it's Qatar gets eliminated one hundred percent if they lose this game. Yeah. So um the group B, I mean, ultimately, Iran winning is not the is probably the best result that the USA could have hoped for in that game. Just get out and get a result. Well, this allows you not to have to get a result. This allows you. This potentially allows you to not have to get a result against England. It, it allows you to lose against England, beat Iran, and then and and you're potentially still in. It's hard to beat Iran. I mean, they've scored four goals in the World Cup so far. They have scored four. They're scoring goals. goals. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's not what you thought it was going to be an easy walk over them opponent. I mean, no, uh, like you say, you got to go out and beat them, but you may end up getting a tie. Like I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want it to come down to that. I'd rather go toe to toe with England. Fuck oh, my muscle gonna, a little bit. Have to. But I'm just saying, like if in the in the in the scenario. Where England does beat you, it's not the worst result in the world. Um, then we jump in. Let's we'll bypass Argentina's group because we just talked about this at, at length. Uh, but France with a pretty, pretty commanding win. Come from come from behind win. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, ultimately, pretty, pretty commanding win over over Australia. Uh, Tunisia, Denmark tying their game zero zero, which was kind of a again. Uh, Boring game. Was that a five? No, that was the five a.m. That was the eight. That was an eight a.m. Yeah, that was the yeah. That was the first first game on Tuesday. No Wednesday. Second game on Wednesday. That was the second second game on Tuesday. Yeah. Second game on Tuesday. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was kind of a boring, a little bit boring game. Um. And then. So I want to talk about Australia for a second. Um, and I want to talk about this article came out that I thought was really interesting about Milos Degenek. Um, Milos Degenek plays for Columbus crew. Currently, um, he's a defender for the Australian national team. 
Um, and he has a really interesting story because he is from Serbia originally. Um, and when he when he was born, um, Serbia was in the middle of the whole Yugoslavia like um uh, uh well he was born in in Knin, which is the capital of 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 uh of the of an unrecognized Serbian pro state in Croatia, so he was born in a war zone basically. Um, and uh, before he was six, when he was six years old, him and his family were able to seek asylum in Australia. So he grew up in Australia. Um, played at the Westfield Sports High Sports High and Australian Institute of Sports program. Um, when he was sixteen. Uh, he moved to uh, to uh, Germany to play for uh, VFB Stuttgart, and then um, and then played through a bunch of different clubs in in Europe and Asia, uh, and then finally ended up at Columbus Group. So he talks about the fact that he is not normally a happy individual. Like when he so he played for Red Star when a couple of years ago when Liverpool won the Champions League. Um, Red Star beat Liverpool in the group stage mm-hmm. and he wasn't happy after the game and he didn't realize how important that win was until Liverpool ended up winning the Champions League that year. Right. Because you recognize then the, the, the you put things in perspective and you could recognize that. So it's just a really interesting thing because he talks about the fact that he told his players they want to win, right? They ultimately want to win and they want Australia to do a really good job. But he talks about this idea of pressure and that per- pressure is not what soccer players, most soccer players think about. Pressure is different. So when you first when you first got to Germany when you're 16 years old, um, he had to drive an hour and a half uh, to get to training. And it was like 20 degrees outside. And he only had two jackets, two like training jackets, basically. And uh, and some hoodies. And so, because he couldn't afford anything else, he couldn't afford a heavy coat. And then his agent bought him a winter jacket. Um, so he couldn't afford anything else. You know, um, his first professional contract, he was making a thousand dollars a month. <sighs> right. Um, you know, he talks about pressure is what, um, you know, growing up in a world in a war zone, right? Leaving, not even knowing what country you're a part of, right? Not know, or not knowing if you're going to live or not, right? Like that's what he talks about being pressured. That's why when he talks about you know playing for your country or playing for Australia, for him, for example, it's so important, and he feels like that that almost that anger at times, and he's never satisfied because he's like, I'm so fortunate to be in this position. I'm so fortunate to be here that I need to give it more. Yeah, take advantage of the opportunity. Exactly, right? Which I think is a pretty strong message to send out, especially to to kids and families, you know. Um they, you know, it I think it's a really, really strong message in this idea that like, you know, don't take things for granted, right? This isn't a guaranteed thing that happens to you. Not only is it not guaranteed that your country will make the World Cup, it's also not guaranteed that you're gonna make you're gonna make the twenty six man roster. Or make the roster, yeah. You just never know, like you never know what the coach is thinking. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen a lot of uh, people. I think we've seen a lot of people in this World Cup that have been refugees from other country. I mean, France is a France is a huge one. Yep. Um, where you have a lot of players that you know live in France but are from like African countries. Alfonso Davies, obviously going to Canada. Yep. Is a big one. Um, the Inaki or the Inaki brothers, the Williams brothers, Inaki and Nico mm-hmm. are two other ones, but like you just see a lot of those stories. I mean, obviously we're naming the players that we know that are, you know, play at some of the highest levels for some of the best teams, but I'm sure you know, some of these smaller countries have also had their, you know, share of stories and players that have had to, you know, do incredible things just to be able to play soccer and then to be able to be on the world's biggest stage is it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's not to mention the fact that there's, there's just, there's a lot of players um, that 
real that in general haven't um that were not born in this it's country. not built like it's not built like that in the u.s man <laughs> i mean Yunus musa right but he's born in Amer- he was born in well he was born in new york and then he but he grew up in england for the of his life in england but like the u.s based born players yeah. none of them have that story yeah i mean look at the goalkeeper for the goalkeeper for canada serbia yeah borjan <laughs> yeah um we knew so, that though because there, there ain't no canadian walking around <laughs> borjan uh so uh kalidou kolibali currently playing for senegal right now as we speak born in france uh pepe uh Born in Port, born in Brazil, playing for Portugal. Then you got Fort. Alfonso Davies, obviously born in Ghana, playing for for Canada. Uh, um, Sergey Milinkovic Savage, uh, playing for Serbia, born in Spain, technically. Um, Gio Reyna, technically born in England. Yeah, father father's career took him to England, obviously. Yeah, born in born in England. Um Raheem Sterling. Born, born in Jamaica. Jamaica. Born in Jamaica. Um uh You think Raheem Sterling wants to pass the ball to Corey Bird? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh pass the ball to Harry Kane to try to win the World Cup. I don't know about <laughs> you. Uh Eric Chupamoting. Playing for Cameroon, born in Germany. Luke de Young, playing for the Netherlands, born in Switzerland. Interesting. Yep. Um. Yeah. Well, so, but the Williams brothers are different because they were born in Spain. In Spain. Because if but not their parents, if if not, they wouldn't have been able to play for Atletico Bilbao. Yeah, they're born in that Basque country. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one so yeah, of two I, clubs in the world that play at like the highest level of the country. That have all like all of the nationality. Yeah. Like the other one's a team in like Ukraine. For a while, um, for a while, Chivas was like that as well. Only Mexican players were play, were playing at Chivas. And then they found some Americans that could ball. <laughs> and they, then they changed that. Um, yeah, so so we'll move on from that group, but that group is is pretty I mean the second place second place for that group is is wide open between Tunisia, Denmark, and Australia. Um just get a point and just get, get first first one to four. Huge, huge game today for, for Australia or tomorrow for Australia against against Denmark or against Tunisia, sorry. Um Spain, Japan, Germany, Costa Rica, and probably what we expected was going to be a really close group. It ends up being a close group for right off the start. Um, Spain absolutely thrashing Costa Rica, though. 7 nothing. Spain said Uh-oh. if we drop points and we're tied with somebody, we get in that gold diff. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, and I think I, I think I texted this to you and Kyle, Disappointing that the game, not that, not because I'm condoning violence. I'm not condoning violence, but this is this disappointing that Costa Rica ended the game with one yellow card only. Yeah, like in the sense, in the sense that, like you'd figured you'd fight a little bit more and you put yourself in a situation to not let people score on you. You got that, bullied. Like you just, it, it, I mean, Spain just did whatever they wanted. They should file. They should have filed a bullying report to FIFA and said we got bullied. I read the stats of it. It was like seventy nine percent possession. Oh, they almost had a thousand passes. They had like six hundred. They had almost seven hundred passes in the first half. Yeah, they almost had a thousand passes. Where Costa Rica only had like less than two hundred. Like, I mean, I get it. Let them sit back there and make passes, but then you're getting split left and right, and up the middle, and then they split you, and then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna start over. We're gonna split you again." Why are not even looking? True- it was a true identifying, and Kyle brought this up. It's a true identifying thing of this idea that, like, we've all thought, or or at times the world has believed that the idea of tiki taka soccer has to do with just passing the ball. 
It it isn't. It's waiting for the moments when your opponent's unbalanced for you to be able to break a line and go forward. You split them. You check. Oh, it's not there. Just okay, putting you yourself started. in a high percentage situation to win a ball, right? Like not putting yourself in a 50-50. You're not putting yourself in a race. You're playing the passes to people that are open in between the lines, break the lines, find the gaps, find those windows, and play through, and you're in. 75 25. 75-25. 75% it's going to go through, 25% it goes out of bounds, or the player misses it. Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe it's 80 so, 20. Yeah. 80 um, 20. So ultimately, again, a really good. A Taylor really- Navas, man, they said he's been out for five months. And I know he's their best player, but sheesh. Yeah, it was. He should have went on. He should have went on loan. <laughs> <laughs> Gone some minutes. Somewhere, um, dude. And then Japan with the huge upset against Germany. Um, listen, I'll be honest. I and I texted this to to you and Kyle. I thought in the first half Germany was the best team I had seen so far at that point in the World Cup. Got to have goals to show for it. I think that was my response, right? You, you did, yeah, you did say that. But but I thought from an attacking perspective, it was fast. It was precise, and you got yourself in the attacking third. You lost wow. the game when you subbed out number 14, Jamal Musala. That kid's yeah. good. It's very that good. That kid is nasty. And when they let him when they let him just roam through the midfield side to side, go wherever, like, that's his position. Just let him go wherever he needs to go to get the ball. Yep. Because he's filthy. But when they subbed him off, they ruined any chance of a comeback. Because Mario Gotze... That's what I'm saying. Gotze went in for him, right? Like, and Gotze ten ten years ago was still half of that player of what he was now. Yeah, they're not the same style of player. Yeah, again, I thought I thought Germany was was very good in the first half. Obviously, losing the second half, Japan Japan's goalie Gonda was absolutely unreal, making crazy Um, saves. Yeah, fantastic saves, and then just two like really good goals by Japan, especially the second one. I think I think Germany should have subbed their keeper off at their second goal. You think Neuer needs to come off? Should have came off. Give up two goals, next man up. So who is it? Kevin Trapp or is it? Ter- no, nah, ain't no trap. Tristegen. Tristegen. I, mean, I yeah. thought he was supposed to retire from the national team because. Well, the next game, the next game, the next game is against Spain. So, you know, that'd be. If he gives up more than two in the first half, some of them at halftime. I mean, he'll be able to understand everything they're saying. That's true. That's true. Very true. He'll know, he'll know half of them. Yeah. <laughs> he'll know a big majority of them, actually. And the majority. Like, um, Marco Asensio scored on me. I know how to stop uh, Torres. And I know how to stop. Uh, who's their other winger? Gavi. Oh, no, the other one was uh, Dol- Ole or Dole or something. Danny Olmo? No, he's Olmo. A- no, he's Olmo. A- no, that was their winger. It was Gavi, Pedri, and Busquets in the middle. They had Olmo on a wing. He kept switching with uh, Fran Fer- oh, Torres. Oh, yeah, with Fran Torres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's dating the coach's daughter, if you guys didn't know that. No, that's Rodri. <laughs> Rodri's dating the coach's daughter? I thought it was Torres. No, it was Rodri. Oh. I thought they were talking about Torres. Oh, well. Somebody's dating the coach's I think it's Rodri. I thought it was Torres because that's why they said he was able to take the penalty. (laughs) And that's why he was starting on the team. Oh. Mm. I think that's why they kept making that reference because, I mean, Rodri would start anyway. That's why no. he's playing as a center back. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Rodri. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's it's Rodri. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Rodri because he actually. No, it's, it's Ferran Torres. Is it? Yeah. Because oh. I thought I heard I watched um I mean let's say has multiple daughters. I watched um 
because oh, yeah, Enrique yeah, yeah, said, yeah, 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 no, yeah, you're right. He was asked who would lead the line before kickoff. And he said, it's Ferran Torres. Otherwise, my daughter will come after me and chop off my head. Because <laughs> I was watching. So Aguero is in guitar doing doing a bunch of streaming and stuff like that. And he was talking to Sergio Busquets and Rodri. Because he was he was teammates with Rodri, obviously, at City. And with Busquets for a very short time at Barcelona. Um, and they were both talking about there and they were talking about the, the coach's daughter, but I guess they might have been talking about Ferran Torres so dating dating her. Um so it'll be a really good game. That game is happening what Sunday? Um is that yeah, Sunday. Sunday, two o'clock. That'll be a really great game. All right. Um Belgium. Belgium, Croatia, Morocco, Canada. Um, what do you think of Canada? Uh, very disappointing. Um, I would think they would look to be a little bit more direct and let the let the horses go. Um, I mean, especially with Belgium playing that back three and not being very fast out of the back. Yeah, I would think you would kind of hit them on the on the counter and just let your dogs run. <laughs> I let the boys go. I mean, I think that's. I think that ended up being their downfall is they didn't play to their strengths to what got them to the World Cup. That's what got them to the World Cup, scoring goals. Is um, it? Do you think? Do you think Alfonso Davies now is more pressure on him because he missed that PK? No, I think that probably no, because I think they had other quality opportunities that you know if they had scored one of them, you probably forget that he missed that PK. He's also going against probably the best goalkeeper in the tournament. Yeah. Probably. Um, but I mean, I think they needed like Jonathan Dave, like all these guys are quality. I think you just need to give them the ball, let them run, get behind players and score goals. That's, I mean, that's what got them to the world cup. Yeah. That was the struggle the U S had with them. And Concacaf, it was how do you match the speed? Yeah, they're fast. They're fast. They're very fast. They score goals. Yeah, get to the end line, cut it back, and cross it. I mean, and it Kyle Laren, I mean, we have Kyle Laren coming off the bench, who's arguably probably the best forward in terms of experience and scoring goals overall, because he's not in form. Like, I should say something. Yeah. It does help that Croatia and Morocco tied. Yeah. And no, so now they go to play Croatia and you're you get you have the ability to jump put yourself in a in the you have the ability to put yourself in a second place and control that's your the, own destiny there. That's the thing about like Canada too. Like anybody's guaranteed or anybody's on a good day can score multiple goals, but like the way Canada's forwards are set up, you know, five or six breakaways are gonna score two or three. Well, they're going to create chances, right? Like that's what's going to yeah. happen. They're going to create a lot of chances. So, um, all right. Uh, Group G: Brazil, Switzerland, Cameroon, and Serbia. Uh, Switzerland beating Serbia, or sorry, Switzerland beating Cameroon one nothing. Um, and then uh, Brazil beating Serbia two nothing in a first half that I thought was was very. Interesting. I, I think Brazil was a little bit better, but um, ultimately, the second half, I think Brazil just unleashed two moments that were just so just extremely quality moments, especially from Richarlison scoring the two goals. Um, but the concern now is Neymar. Neymar comes off with an injury in his ankle, um, and it, and now it's a question of is he going to be able to play or not, and what does that change for the team itself? And dude, get that dude some ibuprofen. Get some ice. Be all right. Yeah, I mean, very. And I think Brazil plays against uh, Switzerland next, which I think of the two, I would rather play Switzerland first than Cameroon. Um, oh, Qatar just scored a goal. Qatar scores their first goal in the World Cup. Good for them. How much do you think they paid for it? Uh, I mean, I don't know that. I think it was a run of play. I, I literally missed it for a second, but uh, twelve minutes left in the game. This could be this could be an interesting game here uh, with twelve minutes left to go. Plus the extra time. We'll talk about extra time here in a second. Um, 
But Brazil, mm. man, I mean, look at really Brazil's long ball. Oh my goodness, Senegal was just completely caught sleeping there, and then just a header. A lot of a lot of goals off of headers this year. In the, uh, this this World Cup. None better than Robin Van Persie's. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So, kids, if you don't know the Robin Van Persie header, just look it up. <laughs> um, you don't know who Robin Van Persie is? Look it up. Do some homework. <laughs> um. So we were talking about Cameroon, Switzerland, Serbia, and Brazil. In Brazil. I mean, I think I think even if Neymar maybe comes off the bench, depending on his ankle, because you know Neymar, you know he's not always, you know, the strongest player out there. Um, I think they'll be okay. I mean, even if he does give you thirty minutes, it'll probably be a good thirty minutes if you can manage the first sixty. Yeah. And if you dominate the first sixty of goals to show for, I mean, that gives them an extra couple of days of rest. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think you start them because when you, you know, now you're saying you got to give me at least an hour. Right. You got to, you got to give me 60. You can't give me 30. You can't give me 20. This like, way, you if you go up to nothing or something like that, you don't have to play it. Yeah. I don't have to play them. Interesting. And if, and if I need to put them in for, if I'm down to nothing, maybe I go for it. Maybe I don't. Yeah. Should be. Yeah. I mean, it'll be, it'll definitely be interesting there. Um, and then in what I think is by far the best group so far in the World Cup, as far as just like fun games, uh, this has given us the two best games so far. I think of any group stage, um, Portugal, South Korea, Uruguay, Ghana, uh, South Korea and Uruguay tying in a really, really fun game. Um, and I missed that one. No. No, wake up at five a.m. <laughs> so here's that wasn't that wasn't a five a.m. game. The, the no, that was the eight. Switzerland Cameroon was the five. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the game that was so, and here's a telltale sign of of a game being potentially good. I think. Um, so the World Cup has been has been there's been a an advice um, to all the referees. To basically add time for absolutely everything in the World Cup, um, so substitutions, injuries, um, goal celebrations, goal celebrations, uh, absolutely anything that happens, time gets added on. So you've seen so far these like eight to ten minute long um, extra times getting added, or, or stoppage time gets added. Even in the first half, you've seen fo- five, six minutes. South Korea, Uruguay, one minute of extra of stoppage time in the first half. Just goes to show you how fast paced it, it was. Yeah, and, and they were actually pl- like they were actually focused on playing the game. Yeah, it was a really it was a really good game to watch. Um, ended up in a zero zero tie, and then Portugal Ghana in a very exciting game that at first you you thought Ghana was going to start like making it. Not even before Portugal scored, you thought. It was going to be a really, really. Ghana was going to be able to put something together. Uh, Portugal gifted gets gifted a a a PK um, that I don't think is a PK. Um, and then um, you don't think it's a PK. I don't. I think a lot of people don't think it's a PK. Um, knowing Ronaldo's track history, um, we know he likes to go down a little bit easier. Um, he's gotten better over the years. I just think that the, the fact that the VAR didn't even look at it is, or the referee didn't call the, the referee to look at it is. Saw that last name and said, he got us. Because <laughs> he got you. I mean, that's what he used to do all the time. Like, yeah. if you remember. Yeah. And he's gotten, he gotten away from it, but, you know, can't teach an old dog new tricks. And he dug in his bag of tricks. Um, that PK. Now. And Goddard's keeper. Maybe got a fingernail on it. Yeah. But he blasted that thing. He did. Now Ghana almost came back. Um, put the game in three to two. Uh Ghana player ends up celebrating like Ronaldo, which is I thought was an interesting move. And then oh, Senegal scores a third goal. 
yeah, the Ghana kid that did the Ronaldo celebration, first of all, you're down three to two in the 90th minute. Go get the ball. <laughs> Put it at midfield and go score again. I don't uh, care. Like, that's just me as a coach. Like, if I'm losing a score goal, it's like, I don't care about the celebration. Great. Now go win the game. Yeah. Now, if it's like 7-1, not 7-1. If it's like 4-1 and we don't have no chance coming back, all right, go celebrate. <laughs> Maybe it's the first goal that we scored in a while. Go celebrate. But there is no need to be celebrating 3-2. No. I don't care if it's your first goal in the World Cup. You're losing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and then tell your grandkids, hey, I scored a goal in the World Cup. But what happened? We lost. <laughs> so your goal didn't matter. Um, and Yaki Williams in the last second of the game almost ends up tying the game. Uh, surprising Portugal's goalkeeper, um, which I thought was was really really funny. Um, Portugal's goalkeeper. If I was Kevin Trapp or Stegen, Costa, Costa. If I was Kevin Trapp or Stegen. I would go figure out if I had a Portugal parent and switch <laughs> because the guy, there was one, like there was one instance a few minutes before that, where he like trapped the ball and almost turned it over, like yeah. kicked it out of bounds. Yeah. It's like, dude, what are you trying to do? Yeah. Just kick the ball forward. Just boot it. Yeah. Make a save, fall on it. Give me my six seconds and boot it. Like there's no need in the 90, 8th, 99th, because that game went over 100 minutes. Yeah. It went over the stoppage time. There's no need to put the ball down the ground and waste time. Punt that ball out of the stadium. Yeah. See if you can punt it so high that it leaves the stadium. <laughs> punt um, it backwards. <laughs> um, Ronaldo achieving something that probably I would say would be very difficult for anybody else to achieve. Um, score, scoring in five consecutive World Cups. Well, that Argentinian, if he didn't have a bad World Cup, he would have had it too. Who? Messi. He didn't score in 2010. He didn't score in 2010, no. He scored in 2006. He did against Serbia. He was hot in 2010. (laughs) Yeah. Argentinians Um, are going to say it was the coaching. Well, we'll talk about Maradona in a second. Um, they're gonna say the haters are gonna say it was the coaching. Yeah, I think I think you just it's just the, the the team played a different style. Like you played to the forwards instead of necessarily to the to Messi. Um, I mean it, it happens. Um, but Ronaldo probably it makes an achievement that not many people. I don't think. I mean, some people have come close, maybe. Um, but not not to that stance. I think that's unreal that he's no that he's able to achieve in the first game. Yeah, just got it out of the way. Yeah. Um, so, um, by the way, I went through our uh, World Cup. Um, or at least I went through mine, <clears throat> my World Cup uh, bracket so far. Out of 16 potential games, um, not counting today's games, um, but out of 16 potential like first round games, um, I was right on 11 of the outcomes. Out of 16, and I hit two <clears throat> dead on as far as like the results. Like, yeah, should have went to Delaware Park. So, um, I have not touched the computer since like Monday, so I have no uh, idea. Um, the USA Wales, I hit nail on the head one one. Should have went to the casino, and then Switzerland, Cameroon had that right one nothing. Switzerland, you could be you could be making it rain right now. <laughs> if you had just you could have taken twenty dollars and good 11, go 11, out of, 11 out of 16 though i thought just that pick I four of them is that pick pretty good right is that good yeah just don't put all 16 of them go four by four you know go four by four or three i mean do you want me to do you want me to look up yours nah no i'll check okay. it when i get home later all right that's fine fair enough we'll talk um, about it next week We'll talk about it next week. That'll be next week's topic of conversation. All right. Uh, player of the match. Tyler Adams. Beast. Save the U.S. More. He's got an American flag on his back like Superman. Save the U.S. Tyler Adams. Yeah. Hands yeah. down. 
when every ball in the midfield kept us in the game. You know who my not player of the match is? <laughs> who? Because he can walk home, part of his name. Walker Zimmerman. <laughs> for the, for just, the don't, just, just don't let him turn. Like, that's like, you hate grassroots soccer. Just don't let him turn. And what's he do? Oh, I'm going to kill him. Inside <laughs> the 18. Like, what are you thinking, dude? You thought you were going to win that ball through Gareth Bale? Nah. He is an MLS champion. <laughs> you got to look at yourself and say, he's an MLS champion. What am I? Nashville made the playoff first round of the playoffs? Did they even make the playoffs? I don't remember. <laughs> but I guarantee you he watched it. I guarantee you he watched him score that goal in the MLS Cup. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he did. Nashville did make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Nashville got knocked out by LA Galaxy. Oh, yeah, because they're in the West now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no wonder I didn't realize they made the playoffs. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, like, why? I don't know, man. We could talk about that for days, but that that just is disappointing at that level that you do something so dumb. You just clobber. You just clobbered them. Yeah. Like, if you were that tired, put your hand up and get us up. Yeah. We'd love to see Cameron Carter Vickers. We'd love to see. Uh, well, we wouldn't love to see Aaron Long, but we throw Aaron Long in there. <laughs> He's not. He does not. It's not rolling off the tongue. <laughs> we nah, Aaron Long. Here. Yeah, nah. Um. All right, my player of the match uh, goes to Gonda for just an unreal second half against Germany. Yeah, no, that game. No, I'll tell you what, the Ghana fans every World Cup are lit. Like I think the next time in 2026, I gotta find a way to get to a Ghana game, and I'm going to the supporters section. So I'll paint up. <laughs> I was watching. I was watching um, this uh, this guy uh, from Argentina, Hero Freitas. He um, he does a bunch of videos and stuff like that, and um, he's in the World Cup, and he went to the Portugal Ghana game, and the Ghana fans were like coming at him, going like, "We're gonna win! We're gonna win! Five nothing! Five nothing!" It's like, oh my god! Like you can win five nothing against Portugal. <laughs> like, hey, you gotta believe. Yeah, um, there was five goals believe. in the I'm, game, just not you know, yeah. not one team altogether. Hey, when they sit, going around saying five nothing, it's better than saying that we're gonna beat them two nothing. That's true. Then they wouldn't have scored. That's true. They got the boys believing. Yeah, I think at times I think that was the downfall of that game. I think the fans, you know, after they tied the game up. The fans were pushing them to get more. Yeah, they had Portugal on their heels, but I think that's what left them exposed. Yeah, should have relaxed a little bit more. Yeah, like they were like, oh, yeah, we got them on their heels. And it's like trying to force a knockout Yeah, when the knockout was coming anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to a Ghana game. I'll, I'll paint up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be up there dancing. All right. They have a good – I guarantee you a Ghana match is probably the best time you'll ever have in the stands Listen, in a game. I, I went to this is this is uh this is not the same, but I, I went to a Jamaica Haiti game once mm-hmm. in the gold cup. And man, that was fun. Way more fun than the USA game before. Uh, I went to I saw Jamaica Panama in the Gold Cup when it was in Philly. Yeah. And they were fighting at the end of that game. No. <laughs> no the, the Jamaica the Jamaicans <laughs> It was like a 90th minute PK. Oh. And the Jamaicans were running across and fighting the Panamanians. And I was just <laughs> like, yo. Like, are we good here? Y'all good? Y'all mad? Uh but yeah, all right. Let's let's make that plan for 2026. Let's go, let's go watch uh I mean, hopefully Ghana makes the World Cup, right? Hopefully Ghana plays on the East Coast. I'm not traveling to the West Coast. No, we need we need to make sure we yeah. But I feel like that's a that's a, that's almost become a staple of those of African countries as far as like the energy they bring to every game. Because their fan base is definitely going to be East Coast based. Like when you have like you think about like New York, yeah, New Jersey area, like it's international. Yeah, not Kansas City. No, don't put them in Kansas City. 
<laughs> don't put anybody. Well, the U.S. will end up playing in Kansas City. We know that. Yeah, put USA, Canada, in the Kansas City. Can't play Canada in the first in the group. No, I'm saying like put the U.S. and Canada. Oh yeah. Well, now you know Canada's gonna USA is gonna host in Kansas City. Canada's gonna host probably in like Toronto, and Mexico will host in Mexico City. Yeah, that'll be the that'll be the opening game for each one of those teams. That'll be the question: is who gets the opening game? Those play them all at the same time. <laughs> How about the well, fact no, that you could actually you could actually probably start them at different times to go east central because mexico city would be like a West different West time zone yeah yeah i mean someone's gonna have the first game though i'll well, give it to canada but just say hey look it's based on time zones yeah good um i also like to point out the fact that uh um the world cup the actual like the inflatable cup has been popped and they only had one <laughs> so they there is no more there is no more cup uh in the in the in the pregame ceremonies um kids man shocking the fact that they've been traveling that thing around every single game instead of just having one per per stadium i thought that would be smarter those stadiums are close enough man Buy i know money. yeah but i mean have one per stadium so this doesn't happen all of a sudden now you got nothing i mean you got people showing up to the world cup and they don't even have an empty tarp um, you got people showing up to the world cup that their housing arrangements weren't even finished oh yeah they had people showing up to the little villages they sell with your tack with their tickets yeah and they were still under construction there were no bathrooms there were no showers oh my god yeah so they refunded them all that money and put them in hotels hmm what was a giant lion on the tv right now was a man giant lion like was a giant man with the man with a giant like lion head on on so okay. there you go man I don't know how senegal. he got into the stadium senegal i'm the mascot <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah we'll talk about we'll that'll be that'll be something we talk about will be the 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 world implications that this world cup in general has um that are not not great in general I mean, my man Bujak rode a camel to the game. <laughs> 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 that was the funniest thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, on this day in soccer history, <clears throat> um, November 25th, 2020, 2020. Um, probably, <laughs> well, probably from an Argentinian standpoint, um, one of the saddest days in, in Argentinian soccer history or Argentinian history in general, Diego Maradona passes away at the age of 60. Um, and I wanted to give you, I wanted to give you some, some different stats on him that I think are really interesting. Um, so he played in four world cups. Okay. He has the most world cup appearances for any Argentinian. Messi likely to potentially pass him. Um, uh, I got out that group stage, but no, the, he doesn't technically. Um, can pass him without it right now. Messi's at twenty. Um, Diego Baradona has twenty-one, but he only played in four World Cups. This is Messi's fifth. Yeah, well, he got that. He got that trophy, so he played in a couple extra games. Well, and he also made the final in ninety. So he got that trophy, and, made the and, you, gotta th- and you gotta think in '94 he only played in two games, and they only had wasn't it 16 teams back then? Uh, so it was quicker. No, there was more. Well, actually, no, they did the 16. It was well, one it, of the World Cups they did 16 eight, after the group stage, did another group stage yes, exactly to make the final. Yeah, interesting concept. Um, <clears throat> bring it back. More TV, more TV money. <laughs> he has the most assist since in the World Cup since 1966, with eight assists in 21 games. Um, Thomas Mueller potentially could could pass him um, if he does well. Um, he passes uh, if he passes the ball. He's got six assists right now in 16 games. So, um, I got the ball to 14. 
this is the this is the part this is the one that this is the one that that is the most interesting so there is there's somebody that keeps track of this stuff um but they keep track of the fouls that people that so he is a player that's been most fouled in three he's got the top three spots so 1986 world cup he was fouled 53 times i think neymar would argue with him 1990 he was fouled 50 times 1982 he was fouled 36 times and i think in 30 in in the in 82 25 25 of the fouls came in one game Neymar would Neymar would argue and say he should be. If on you've that never list seen, the... if you've never seen um, Argentina South Korea from 1982, the the amount of foul and and you got to think, this is a time. This is also an era where a lot of these fouls were not red cards, but if you watch them now, they are unreal. Or I mean, red cards were just introduced in what 1970. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been around too long. Um, but yeah, so uh, Neymar not on this list. By the way, Neymar got crushed that one game in Brazil. Um, since 1996, he's been the he's been the player that's provoked more cards than anybody else. Uh, 12 cards since 1966. Um, and then, um, let's see, um, yeah. So just give you some some stats and records there for Maradona. Um he is also um he's also has the he has the record for being the um captain for his country in a World Cup more than anybody else. 16 out of the 21 games that he played in the World Cup he was the captain of the team. Um Yeah. You just don't see that anymore. You know. Mm-mm. Most of the time, well, I mean, Tyler Adams could potentially, you know, he's got a couple more. Yeah. If he stays the captain, like that's somebody that comes to mind, but like typically it's like the but old. You gotta be able to, but he's gotta be able to, but then the U.S. has to be able to advance. Right. We're going to advance, man. What about saying. us? We are, we are, right. we good over here. Why are people in Telemundo doing the gritty? I don't understand. What's hey, they get more viewers. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. They're trying like, to get more people. This is like, I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put this on the camera so you can see what I'm what I'm, lo- what I'm looking at here. Oh, I think they they finished. They're it. done. Oh, no, 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 they're, they're still, they're still oh, they're, now. They got the they got the people in the background. The they got the support staff doing it. And they they are tired of seeing each other already. It's a long <laughs> World Cup. Oh, there he goes. There he goes again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. <laughs> they miss their families. Oh my goodness, this is crazy. All I see is turn around and I see these guys dancing around. <laughs> they are tired. They're, these 16 hour days of the World Cup, it sounded fun. The money was good. The, let me, the let, me go back, let me go back to, I, I was able to rewind it. I'll go rewind to where, where it started so that way you can see. Everything was good until you show up. And you're like, man, these 16 hour days are tough. Yeah, it's not, not as fun as they, they promoted it. Um, but only. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm not entirely sure what's going on right now, but it's they should have a sportscasters World Cup. Like they should have the Fox Sports versus they, Telemundo. So they they do. So they have a they have a little mini World Cup like the year before, usually I think. It's a year before at some point they they do something like that. It's really interesting. Because I, I think the US has a decent side, man. Well, I think so. FIFA puts it on because FIFA has or a FIFA, team. Fox like, Sports. like FIFA puts on a team themselves, um, and then it's like international stars mixed with. So you create your own. So it's a mixture of like former players and journalists. Yeah. Well, Fox Sports would take the dub. You got Carly Lloyd, got a little Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, Alexi Lalas. You know, he's too old. Cut him. Stu Holden, Stu, can Stu, Stu play? Oh no, man! I don't know if that knee would hold up for. <laughs> Get JP out there. Taylor Taylor Twelman definitely can't do it. Nah, don't touch don't touch anything with your head. <laughs> Kobe Jones, 
Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what, uh, uh, JP? No, not Freddie Do. Maurice to do. Nah, he's not with. Is he with Fox Sports? No, he's. Oh no, he's got the Champions League stuff. Tim he's Howard. Tim Howard. Isn't he on Paramount too? Uh, Paramount. Oh yeah, he's on Paramount too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It'd be a good game. Uh, um. All right. Um. So yeah. So on this day in soccer history, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, Diego Maradona passed away. All right. Fair play of the week. Um. Who's your fair play of the week? Fair play of the week is going to my family down in the Outer Banks for letting me uh, crash the party and for gifting me the movie theater room. It's got this huge TV, surround sound, movie theater style seats. Got a bar upstairs. You got to walk up two flights to go to the bar. But hey. Worth it. It's worth It's worth I mean, there's an elevator in the house, but oh, nice. why, be, why be lazy? <laughs> Get your steps in. Get my steps in. There you go. But yeah, now nah, it's been awesome. They're like, yeah, we know the World Cup's on. Here's your World Cup room. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> would never have guessed that I'd be watching the World Cup in style. Nice. Good stuff. Um, Don't know my- what I'm going to do on Tuesday when I have to go back to work. <laughs> uh, my fair play of the week um, goes out to, to the Delaware Union staff. Um, I think specifically, you know, uh, you, Kyle, um, Anthony, uh, Dan, you know, uh, I mean, I guess we can name everybody, but uh, ultimately, I think the Delorean staff for me has been has been something that's probably the the reason why this year has been been good for me. Um. From a from a professional standpoint, there's a lot of been, there's a lot of tough things that have been tough that we'll talk about at some point later on. Um, but I do think you know when we talk about Thanksgiving and you know what we're thankful for and things like that, um, as cheesy as it sounds, um, it, it's the reason why this World Cup, though there's not this World Cup, the, it's the reason why this podcast was started. It was to to continue the conversations during a time where we couldn't see each other um, on the conversation that we normally had during the week. So. Um, Absolutely. So my fair play goes out to to the staff specifically. I think you and you and Kyle just for the fun group text throughout the World Cup, where I think it's been an interest. It's been fun. Uh, it's been interesting. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. Um, but before we go, uh, we don't want you to miss um, the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia from January 11th to the 15th. This convention is the largest gathering of soccer coaches, administrators, and fans in the world. Only at the convention can you attend sessions crafted with your coaching level and desired topics in mind. Presented by world-class educators, our collection of over 200 lecture sessions and field demonstrations will offer every coach something to bring back to their own training sessions. Come learn from people as Amanda Vanderport. She's the president of the USL Super League. Anthony Flores, uh, locally here. He's a youth technical director for the Philadelphia Union. Becky Burley and Brett Ledbetter. Uh, from what drives winning Laura Harvey head coach of uh, OL rain Olympic rain FC and then Abrahams he's the world-renowned sports psychologist and former not former previous uh, previous guest on DE soccer podcast uh, more presenters will be announced in the months leading up to the convention visit www.unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to register before the next price increase actually if I'm not mistaken if you go to United Soccer Coaches, um, if you go to the United Soccer Coaches website right now, um, Black uh, Friday, Black Friday, yeah, early bird, early bird pricing. Uh, use code Early Bird Twenty Three. So get that code before before the price goes up. Get yourself registered for the convention. So it's going all the way up. Yeah, um, we'll be there. We will be there. We will be there. So we're we're excited for that. Well, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a walk from Delaware to Philly. We're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely not happening. Not in January. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the Caesar Rodney horse ride. <laughs> um. All right. Well, um, we'll be back on Friday next week to talk about more World Cup. Second round of the group stages will be done. 
um we'll be in the middle of the third round at that point um so yeah let's uh let's hope it continues to be as fun as it's been so far absolutely thanks for joining us this week and remember always receive the ball on your front foot